Welcome back to the Space Show show. Um, I, you know, I have yes. received communication that uh, I should have been promoted when we got to season three. Yes. So, Why didn't you do that? <laughs> women in the workplace, am I right? You didn't, so, you didn't submit the forms to Starfleet. <laughs> I didn't. Um, so I am your host, Lieutenant Commander Rebecca Frost, uh, joined by Admiral Kerry Jackson, a noted Space Show fan. And we're talking about the original series. And we are deep into season three. Now I gotta I gotta point something out here. Yeah. Because because like like you, I follow a lot of Trek Twitter, <laughs> and there's an account out there that I'm convinced is listening to this podcast and not giving us credit for a lot of the observations that we make on this show. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> which which put them on blast? Which account? I'll tell you later. Okay, I'll tell you okay, later. I, okay. It's just a suspicion I have right now. I don't want to make an accusation. <laughs> All right. I, I've come across that too, because, you know, it, as I have started to follow more and more Trek based accounts, um, especially like, there's a lot of jibber jabber about the original series. And there is a couple of accounts, accounts in particular that are like right around where we are. Mm -hmm. And so I am like, is this is this just something that people do all the time? Because I know Star Trek has a huge fandom, and people are Completely. always watching Star Trek, and so maybe it's just the timing coincidental. But also, if you're listening to the Space Show show, let yeah. me know. Yeah. I want to know that we're not just sending this out into the void. Yeah, give us a little credit, damn it! Give us some credit. <laughs> uh, also, uh, today while we are recording, Happy Lower Decks Day. New Lower Decks has dropped on Paramount Plus. Yes, excellent. I can't wait. And, and it's and, and Star Trek Day. Star yeah, Trek. tomorrow is Star Trek Day. Very exciting. All kinds of Star Trek goodness for us. I'll have to tell you um, what I had talked about with my Star Trek informant. Uh, I'll have to tell you all about what I talked about with him regarding Star Trek Day. Is that the... deep? Is that Deep Space Nine throat? Is that your informant? <laughs> See, it's deep throat. It's never mind. Okay. You don't have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> for the youngsters maybe i do i don't know um this episode of the space show show we're going to be talking about these episodes from season three wink of an eye the empath elon of troyus whom gods destroy and let that be your last battlefield i know i've said it the last couple of episodes but i really love the naming conventions of these episodes this is truly <laughs> how i would name my papers in high school and college i would exactly just buck wild with it this first episode, Wink of an Eye, a group of aliens who exist in a state of incredible acceleration invade the Enterprise and abduct Captain Kirk, because, of course. Of course. Uh, would, you, would you believe it if I told you I have no trivia for this episode? That's because it's really kind of a not very extraordinary episode. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a mm -hmm. good, you know, good Star Trek. It's a decent Star Trek episode. The concept but... is great. I truly liked the concept and thought it was very clever. Um, yeah. Just nothing behind the scenes that stood out. Uh, well, I mean, okay, I had a thought while watching this one. Because the whole point of this race of super fast beings was that because something happened i didn't quite catch i didn't pay attention i had some wine uh, this is how i feel about all the episodes yeah. that we're going to talk about today is stuff happens because well there's there's <laughs> there's two in this batch that i truly love anyway um this one 
it, it, the men are sterile. And so that's why they're taking mm -hmm. Kirk is to repopulate their species. But I mean, you know, purely from a genetic engineering standpoint, you're, you're not repopulating your species. You're creating a new one. Well, and they have tried, they have tried with a bunch of different species to try to repopulate and mm -hmm. make it happen. But they have gone from a population of 900,000 to five. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, hey, it's not in the cards, you guys. Sorry, Whatever guys. It, uh, oh, it's in the water. There's something in the water that... That's right. Uh, <laughs> it was in the water. <laughs> it was in the water. <laughs> and they made coffee with the water. I don't know how. And Kirk they, drinks the I, coffee. I loved that, that, that they spiked his drink when he wasn't looking at the bar. And <laughs> later on in the episode, when they do determine that it is in the water, Scotty has this moment of panic of, is it in all the coffee? Do I have to stop drinking coffee? He had a very <laughs> relatable moment where he's like, please don't take away my coffee. <laughs> Again, that's another reason that Scotty is one of the best characters on on the whole. They have given him so much to do this season. Season three really is Scotty shines in season three. And um, in a later episode, um, I do, okay, I, I am the type of person who can admit when they were wrong, and I will admit that I was wrong when I said Sulu was third in line. There was a website that said Sulu was third in command. But having watched more of season three, it is blatantly obvious that it is Kirk, Spock, then Scotty. Yes, Kirk, Spock, in, Scotty, then then Sulu, then maybe Uhura. Yeah, up up in the air if it's Uhura or Sulu. But I will gladly admit that I was wrong. Okay, you guys who okay. um actually all of me. All right, back on track. Let's get back on back track. On the correction. Um, this one so. This one was directed by, I'm, and I can't believe I haven't been doing this before. This one was directed by Judd Taylor. And Judd Taylor directed um, The Paradise Syndrome. Oh. And he... Kirok. <laughs> yeah. And he directs another episode later on in this grip that we're talking about. But uh, he gets really wild with Dutch angles. And if mm -hmm. you don't know what a Dutch angle is, it's when the camera is tilted. Because uh, it gives you <laughs> Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is purely just Dutch angles. <laughs> a, a good reference for that is anytime on the Batman 66 TV series, anytime there's a villain on screen at his headquarters, it's slanted because they're so <laughs> evil that it's crooked. See, they're and crooked. It's so, yeah. <laughs> it, the, the intent of it is to create, you know, um, oh, what it, it's to create a sense of unease and confusion and discombobulation and i really liked the way it's utilized in this episode to convey that hey we are traveling so fast mm -hmm. and how you know they're traveling fast is the screen is tilted yeah. um uh hot the hot lady appears and kirk never says no to a hot lady she of course the, the first thing that she does is walk up to him and kiss him and he's like what am i gonna do say no <laughs> well, we again, we have to be be nice to the natives. Uh, the other thing that I liked about this one was, uh, you know, the the whole plot was is we gotta we gotta freeze the ship essentially. We gotta we're gonna freeze the ship, and they had you know, it was just funny to me to see that you know they had the same tubing that I have on my dryer, <laughs> you know that silver <laughs> that silver duct tubing. You know, I just like yeah. They went to the hardware store. They went. There we go. All right. <laughs> um, another thing I really like, I didn't like this particular 
piece of jewelry in this episode, but I really like the use of jewelry doubling as technology. Uh, what was the other? There was another episode where she had a fun bracelet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the one with the belts. It was the one with the 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 belts. Right. Oh, that turned people into little hexagon sponge things. Yeah. 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 Those, um, she had a piece of jewelry that was great. That's mm-hmm. another reason I want to do my project. I was telling you about how I want to recreate these outfits mm-hmm. because I love all the jewelry that they have. They're, hers, the brooch it, in this was kind of hideous. It was, yeah, it was, but it was a weapon. It was a brooch and a weapon, right? Oh, I don't remember the weapon. Yeah. Cause, cause she would pull that. Yeah. It, it, Kirk wrestled it away from her at, at mm-hmm. some point. But that's that's probably why it was so ugly. It was like a little phasery kind of thing. But she would yeah. pull it off and pew. Yeah, but then they had like a little star, like a star-shaped brooch that was truly hideous. Um, but I like the trend of jewelry doubling as technology, which will happen coming up in another episode. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole, uh, and I went to Etsy and. There are people selling the vintage um, IDIC pendants, yes. the official Gene Roddenberry. And let me tell you, I sat staring at my screen for ten minutes, going, "Do I buy this?" And Is it was, and it was, and it was from Roddenberry's company. Mm-hmm. That what was it, Lincoln for, yeah. something or other? Lincoln Hoosie Wetsy. Yeah. How much were they asking for it? Like twenty five bucks. Oh, that's reasonable. Yeah, you could yeah. do that. The, okay. qu- the question is, would I wear it? I was looking at that symbol as a tattoo at one point. That would be a very good tattoo. But I've decided instead of that, the IDIC, I'm just going to go with the traditional Delta Shield on on this arm because I got the Avengers on this arm, and because that's my moral compass, Star Trek and Marvel comics. Yeah. So anyway, um, Spock in this episode, um. Again, doing his duty. I love it. He chugged that antidote so, <laughs> or the, the, he chugged the water so fast, no questions asked. But here's my here's my deal. Okay, if it is their water that makes people fast, why don't you keep a gallon of this around? Because then when it's uh, oh, it's going to take us forever to fix it, Captain Scotty could just chug the water, get things fixed in a second, and hey, then guess what? They cover. This is okay. Okay, I'll find it because this um, is covered. Okay, this is uh, was a bit of trivia that I opted not to include because I thought that all the trivia for this episode was so meh. But it oh. is covered, and I believe it is because doo, doo, doo. with a successful antidote to the Sclosian water, the Enterprise should have kept a supply of the Sclosian water to accelerate themselves when it would have been helpful in emergencies, as yes. when Spock fixed the Enterprise in seconds of real time. I However, like that. it must have been deemed too dangerous for routine use. Oh, you, you, it's something you don't... Well, I mean, we'd only pull it out, you know, every other in case episode. case of emergencies. Yeah. Not every episode. every episode. <laughs> <laughs> All this, right. Okay. Uh, Thank you. This episode really, it reminded me of a book that I like called um, Spin. I wish I could remember the name of the author. Let me look it up really quick. But the the plot of this book is Earth is encapsulated, Earth gets um, encapsulated in this like orb kind of thing. And it slows down time on Earth while the everything outside of the orb is 
traveling at um, normal speed. Normal so what they speed. do okay. is they send rockets out to terraform Mars and within like five years or so, which it happens to be millions of years outside of the orb, um, Mars gets terraformed and a Martian comes back to Earth. It's a very cool book. Let me... Hmm. Uh, Robert Charles Wilson is oh, the there author. We go. Or... I would be I would be interested in that. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a very interesting book. Highly recommend it. Um, okay. Well, okay. I talked a lot more about this episode than I wanted to. All right. Let's move on. Fine episode. Whatever. At the empath trapped in an alien laboratory. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy meet an empath who are involved in a series of experiments. This is my least favorite episode of the series. The Truly? whole series. Yes. DeForest Kelly says it's his favorite. I'm sorry, D. It's just <laughs> not where it needs to be, you know? Um, really obvious that there have been budget cuts because yeah. this is just a room with some stuff in it. <laughs> well, it's, it's like a black box theater production of something. You know? It was like a black box theater. Um, I really... <sighs> That's so crazy. I didn't hate this episode. I did have a question and I, I went to Google it and I'm not the only one who had this question. Okay. Are these, the Vians, the, the alien race who are kidnapping and experimenting on different species of aliens, are they related to the Telosians? Because they, they kind of look alike, yeah. Big head, um, capturing other species to see what their whole deal is. God, mm -hmm. just terrifying, Carrie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right there. Um, <laughs> And they have the ability to create hallucinations. Uh, that sounds to me like they might be related. Right. And what did the internet uh, nerds say? No official answer. Well, okay. I'm yeah, fine with so, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I remember when this would come on in reruns when I was watching it, and I would go, eh, I'm out. How interesting. The, uh, uh, the woman... Uh, the actress, Jem. Catherine uh, Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Uh, she was on. Now, this is what's interesting. In season three of Star Trek, two actresses from my mother's favorite soap operas are on season three. And they're both from her favorite soap opera, which is As the World Turns. Uh -huh. And I know this because I used to work all nights at a country station, come home at 6, 6 a.m., get some sleep, wake up at around, I think it was 11 or noon, and, and mom would make me breakfast and we'd watch As the World Turns Together. <laughs> Is that show still on? I don't think so. But oh. she, was, she was on As the World Turns, and so I'd always say, hey, look, Ma, hey, one of your... One of your story ladies is on my stories. <laughs> it's your friend from that other show. <laughs> from that uh, show. I, I have a note that said, I'm sure they wanted Liz Taylor, but there was no way she could keep quiet. Because Catherine Hahn has no lines because she's purely an empath and she yeah. communicates through feels and touch. She's a mute gem. Um, I, mean, I don't like this episode at all. I... I it's, it is another it's another episode where again i gotta disagree with y'all about humans we're not that great there's yeah. nothing really to learn from us um and and they're torturing people these mm -hmm. these uh, the vians they're they're torturing people and they hope that this empath will heal them even if they torture bones to the point of death 
They're hoping that she heals him because then she takes on all of his wounds and brings her to the point of death just to prove that the Vians should save her civilization? Because they want her to... Uh... They want her to heal him to the point where she sacrifices self-preservation. Yeah. Over saving somebody else, which is I, so stupid. I would it's think they're a stupid human concept. Yes, there are better <laughs> measurements to whether you save a civilization or not. Start with their social media. Uh, <laughs> McCoy, though, I, yeah, no. the man craves death the way he yes. immediately volunteers. And he's strung up and he's like, okay, get on with it. He craves death everywhere but at the hands of the transporter. That's the one place that he is... <laughs> Self-preservation is at the hands of the transporter. I will let oh, aliens kill me. He I, wants to see the thing that kills him. Yes. I think that's what it is. I'll let anything <laughs> kill me, but not the goddamn transporter because... <laughs> <laughs> he does say the nicest thing that he's ever said to Spock, though, where he says, you've got good bedside manner, Spock. And it's the nicest thing he's ever said to him. Mm -hmm. uh, some bits of trivia. This is DeForest Kelly's favorite episode. Can't believe you guys are in such disagreement there. Sorry, uh, D. <laughs> the sequence of Jem absorbing the boils. Catherine Hayes was strapped to a board and kept absolutely still while makeup was applied. Stop motion photography filmed the progression. The few moments of this scene took eight hours to film. Oh, Jesus. Wow absolutely insane i love her dedication and this episode was written by joyce muscat one of only four fans who were able to sell scripts to the original series the others being david gerald judy burns and jean lesset uh, erost uh, uh -huh. i pronounced that right and because they they were not part of the team it was cheaper or something like that they were able to save money on these scripts something like that. probably you you only had you know kirk spock and mccoy the two telosians and then a woman who doesn't speak so i don't know if they got to pay her less because she had no lines they do pay you less if you if you do not speak yes that is true super duper love this so. for women <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, if we're going to go to the complete opposite end of the women's spectrum here, this next episode, Elon of Troyes, while transporting an arrogant, demanding princess for a political marriage, Captain Kirk must cope both with her biochemical ability to force him to love her as well as sabotage on his ship. <gasps> Franz Nguyen, that's all I need to say. Very important to a young Carrie Jackson growing up. <laughs> I can absolutely see it. Uh, she <laughs> is believed to be the first person of Vietnamese descent to appear on American television. And really? I think they did her a huge disservice because she plays such a bitch. But then she turns it around. I mean, and, and yeah. but then, but she goes from being super bitch to super compliant in a way. Uh, I get. I I don't know I I I I love this episode. I always liked it when oh, I, I was agree. a kid. She's so hot. Yeah, she's you know, so hot. Can't she's just amazing, and she's so good at being, you know, this warrior bitch. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, throwing the knives at Shatner. You know, and and when she's <laughs> and she's eating, she's like mm, talking with just her like mouth full. The, the spray painted rotisserie <laughs> the chicken. Rotis yes, <laughs> I'm like, where do we get that? But she's like, oh, I'm going, why don't you leave? You know, get out of my sight. Kirk's like, this is a plate. It holds the food. This is a knife. It cuts 
the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's Taming of the Shrew in space, and they've done that once or twice before. Oh, that's a way better comparison. I have, um, my first two notes are, oh, I get it, Helen of Troy, and then also My Fair Lady, but Taming of yeah. the Shrew makes a lot more, well, more Well, My sense. Fair Lady is just Taming of the Shrew. I mean, you know, it's just a musical yeah. version of it, so... Yeah, but but is the the fair lady in my fair lady? She's not like as um, combative. No, right? she's not combative. Like, she's just uncouth. Yeah, you know, and sloppy. She just speaks. She just speaks wrong. Yeah. Um, and and <laughs> I just I just love this episode because it 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 once again it, it built the universe. It gave us uh, a look at a at another race and and uh, what their uh, you know. Uh, what their philosophies were. I mean, this whole arranged marriage thing. I thought, wow, that's pretty wild. And then I found out that the arranged marriages in are happening in real life. I had no idea. Uh, you know, this is my really? first. Ex this is my first exposure to that kind of thing. Well, I, I thought mean, it I was guess, just. Yeah, huh. I, I just thought it was a Star Trek thing. And then I found out, oh, that happens on on our planet. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little bit of Romeo and Juliet, kind of. Well, not no, not Romeo and Juliet. What is it? I forget the classic story where it's like, yeah, we're going to marry you to this tribe so that the, there's no war. You know, this is, this is how it's done. And, and, you know, you'll marry the king of the Trojan pigs uh, and, and there will be no war. Um, she has so many costume changes in this episode. Uh, every time we see her, she's wearing something new and I love that for her. Um, Kirk's horniness. Mm -hmm. uh, this time, not his fault. No, this one. <laughs> this one was kind of a, a you know again something in his drink in a way. Uh, mm -hmm. The the saying is is that uh, if you come in contact with uh, the tears, with an, uh, the tears of an Elysian woman, that uh, you are her slave forever. And McCoy's like, did she cry on you? And Kirk's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, Jim, stupid, stupid and then Jim. Also, I I like that sometimes the plot is either so simple or there's way too much going on, and I kind of felt like this had way too much going on because also the Klingons are attacking, and their ship is disabled because of course, and the her her jewelry saves the day because she is gifted a necklace from the the troy people um that is just casual dilithium crystals because i guess their their planet is riddled with this stuff and that's mm -hmm. why the klingons are so interested to get their hands on all that dilithium yeah to the point where it's like we have so much of it i'll i'll just wear it around my neck in this uh, funky necklace yeah and she's like this is th these are just rocks i don't know why you need these um the bits of trivia I have for this episode, like I said, France Nguyen is believed to be the first person of Vietnamese descent to appear on American television, which, like I said, I think that kind of did her a disservice because we are in a period of time where the Vietnam War is happening or mm -hmm. has just ended, right? And portraying her as such a mean person, I, I, I personally think not the best choice they could have made, uh, but also... Presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated during the filming of this episode. Really? France, oh. France Nguyen, a big supporter of Kennedy, had been deeply shocked by the news while shooting her parts as Elon. Interesting. Now that I didn't know. I know that her and Shatner worked together on a play. 
before oh, really? Star Trek. So there, there were, and she was on a TV show before this. Now that I think about it, because you were saying that she was the first uh, Vietnamese woman on a television show. I think she was on a TV show before this, and I think that. Oh, boy, she check was me on this. Battle for Planet of the Apes. Yes. Oh, but that was after Star Trek, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just yeah, pulled okay. up her IMDb. Uh, but yeah, Franz Nguyen. And then she, uh, later on, she was on some hospital show, some evening. St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere, that's it. She, uh, oh, yeah. she was on an episode of Magnum P.I., mm -hmm. Fantasy Island, Columbo, Charlie's Angels, Hawaii Five-0, uh, The Six Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. Wow, she did. Yeah. Oh, she was. She was a. I Spy, Gunsmoke, The Man from Uncle. I would wow. always. Yeah, I'd be flipping around watching different shows during those days, and I'd go, "Oh, The Dolman of Elas! Oh, yay! Hooray!" <laughs> wow. No, well, she's hold a. On. And she's a hell of an actress. Hell of an actress. Well, then she had obviously appeared in American TV before. If these are the episodes, like of these mm -hmm. shows. Yeah. See, I want to say that that she was on another show that she kissed a white guy and that was the first interracial kiss because i know star trek the is Ed sullivan show i know because star trek's credited but i i want to say that she i could hmm. i'm probably wrong answer in the youtube comments down below get there. in the comments everybody. get in the comments let us know educate us <laughs> but i love um, this episode i always did because uh the guy who was the toady uh you know troy and pig ambassador the ambassador uh i can't remember the actor's name but I was so thrilled as a kid that later he showed up in his own TV series where he was the villain on a Saturday morning show from Hanna-Barbera called Dr. Shrinker. And he was Dr. Shrinker. And he had a shrink ray. And he shrunk people. And he was a bad guy. And he'd go, yes, I'm a bad guy. I'm Dr. Shrinker. <laughs> So his name is uh, Jay Robinson. There you go. Let's see. He appeared in Night Court and some other. Oh, Taming of the Shrew. Um, what else? What else? Wow, a lot. Uh, the Wild Wild West. Bewitched. Ooh. Okay. Hawaii Five O. What an era! What an era of TV. Yeah, I mean there there was just this group of actors that went around from show to show and you'd see them show up i mean like the, the western episode those guys showed up in different shows all the time i mean and that's that's where we're at with this season three it's kind of like how today if you want to see how, just how good an actor somebody is you go back and you find their law and order episode um let's move on to this all next right. episode uh whom gods destroy kirk and spock are taken prisoners by a former starship captain named garth who now resides at and has taken over a high security asylum for the criminally insane lord garth <laughs> this this episode i um i call this is the the Batman and Arkham Asylum episode because these are yes. all just Batman villains. <laughs> exactly. That perfectly put. And the other bat connection is that the uh, the Orion woman is Batgirl. Is she really? She's Batgirl from the TV series. Yes. Huh. Yeah. This uh it, it is just purely they are trapped in Arkham Asylum in space and they are so close to curing mental illness across everywhere except this mm -hmm. this is like the last uh, this is the last asylum 
of all time anywhere and rot row also uh don't meet your heroes because this guy was a hero of kirk's and mm -hmm. professor cory uh he's done <laughs> some great work in the field you know and uh yeah. yeah and and it turns out that uh lord garth captain garth somehow figured out how to be a shapeshifter oh well because there was um uh, a colony that had taught him cellular regeneration and he had used that they taught him that to help heal himself but he took it a step too far and learned how to shapeshift into other people that's right because garth was a former starship captain and he was one of the best apparently so and i'm like hoping his like his I'm, readings were required read like his st stuff was required reading in starfleet academy which is why i'm hoping that he shows up on strange new worlds at some point uh-huh that would be cool that would I be think. cool i love um, the idea the the girl she's mentally ill because she's a manic pixie dream girl uh hot people are usually crazy is mm -hmm. one of my notes um <laughs> hot people are usually i i've been there yeah listen i point you in a few different directions today yeah. and oh, hot people oh. are usually crazy um this episode does have one of my favorite tropes of all time the which one do i shoot trope I oh i love that. that that's just a classic and i love that they included it because the and kirk i don't know why he i don't know why they don't do this all the time um has a secret code phrase to beam back up to the ship and scotty <laughs> scotty god bless him uh he asks kirk for the code and garth as kirk can't deliver the code and so he gets all frustrated and throws a tantrum embarrassing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. scotty is like why didn't he give me the code he usually has the code like why didn't he do it the, what is wrong is, is everything okay and i'm like scotty obviously if he didn't give you the code something might be wrong something is wrong now the, the mm. past the past phrase that scotty says is queen to queen's level three which is a direct reference to three-dimensional chess mm -hmm. which of course everybody on star trek plays and i i'm so unprepared i have a three-dimensional chess set right here uh do you know how to play though uh there are instructions yes you can actually that wasn't play. My question. That wasn't my question, Carrie. My question was, do you know how to play? If I took the time to play it, uh, try, yes, I could. But there are <laughs> instructions to teach you how to play three-dimensional mm -hmm. chess. And mm -hmm. it's the, I got a set right behind me from the Franklin Mint, of all people. Of course. I'll, I'll show it to you in an upcoming Time Closet episode. <laughs> um, the... Uh, some trivia for this episode. The plot okay. of inmates taking over the asylum and impersonating the warden closely resembles Dagger of the Mind, right down to the agony chair prop, which yes. is reused from that episode. In his memoir, Leonard Nimoy shares a memo that he wrote to the producers to complain about the similarities. Mm -hmm. Listen, you're going to run out of ideas and you got to <laughs> reuse some stuff. It's so blatantly obvious that we're, we don't have any money. We got to reuse Sorry, these props. Sorry, Leonard. Sorry. But I like that. Leonard Nimoy has been so vocal both after the show and during the show with production about his thoughts and feelings about things. Which is weird. I'm hearing all this about how he was invested in this mm -hmm. because some years later, look it up, he wrote a book called I Am Not Spock mm. where he just kind of said, I'm letting go of all of that. Do not call me Spock. I'm not Spock. This is who I am. And 
but then a few years later, he jumped back in. <laughs> Interesting. What do you think happened? I don't know. I think that it just, I think he couldn't get hired after Star Trek. I think that's what oh. happened to most of the cast is they couldn't yeah. get hired because, well, you're, you're Spock, you're Captain Kirk, you're Dr. McCoy. That damn typecasting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I, don't I kind of enjoyed this one uh, because I remember as a kid watching it and being so damn surprised that, I mean, Garth and the Orion woman were, seemed to be close, you know, mm -hmm. but yet he just shoves her out onto the planet's surface and blows her up. Joker and Harley Quinn. He is. There you doesn't go. Doesn't care. He doesn't care. That so surprised me. I I was like, oh, she'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, she's not fine. You just blew up that girl for real. <laughs> <laughs> crazy people are gonna be crazy. Yep. Um, yeah. There's oh, this was well, this was one episode where I was like, I kind of get the gist, and I I have paid attention to it, but you know, once you piece together that these are all Batman villains and mm -hmm. kind of a boilerplate kind of plot, and yeah, it's I mean, it's forgettable enough that. Uh, you know, the whole legend of Captain Garth never got used or mm -hmm. looked at again, you know, which, which yeah. again, I think is unfortunate. And I'd love to see him show up at some point on Strange New Worlds or even in a comic book or something. And maybe he has showed up. There's so much Star Trek stuff out there that they there's may have done that. Yeah, there's a bajillion. I'll look it up and see if he appears yeah. again. Um, but the last episode we're going to talk about today, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. The Enterprise encounters two duochromatic and mutually belligerent aliens who put the ship in the middle of their old conflict. Stubbornness, the episode. Or the racism is bad episode. L uh, such meta much metaphor, such allegory, right? Like, mm -hmm. still to this day. Um, the <laughs> the only thought that I really had during this episode, because they kept putting the ship in red alert and then taking it out of red alert and then putting it back in red alert. If it was my day off, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and you're I would have been <laughs> you're so irritated. You're in your quarters. You're just trying to read a book, you know. <laughs> uh huh. I, if you if you're like me, I would have been napping, spending my whole day napping. But Kirk keeps putting the ship on red alert, and then. So, you know, they find, they find, they're on this way to a whole other planet, Arianus, with I, my note, I, Arianus Grande. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they are on their way to deliver a decontaminant because the whole, the whole planet is a, a chemical illness issue and they are on their way to solve it. But then they find this shuttle floating out in space and there's a life form on board and it is, they're like, oh, he's going to die. So they get him on board and he's half black, half white, like, not a metaphor like physically color mm -hmm. on his face is half black half white and um he has been on the run uh and and <laughs> the piece of piece of trivia beal is who is this man who is chasing him beal's totally air quotes invisible ship perhaps is the most noticeable effect of the biggest budget cut in the original series yeah and again i'm going to bring those discs to you this weekend and, and you can sit and look at them um <laughs> because they are on a, the enterprise is on a collision course for an invisible ship and um beal finds his way on the ship and he's just like the loci who they just picked up except his face is opposite and well it, and, and we don't notice that at first though 
Oh, I mean, I did. <laughs> I didn't. When I was a kid, I didn't. But anyway. Oh, interesting. I'll explain. Um, coming up, yeah. And they have just been in a 50,000-year-long cat-and-mouse chase because Beale wants to... Or the, I guess the way Loki explains it is, you guys tried to assimilate us by making us slaves. And he, Beale was like, no, we were working towards a greater well, future for everybody. It was the other way around. Loki was the uh, the people who were in charge. His his people were in charge. Beale's, he was saying that you're trying to turn us into slaves. You're subjugating us. You're not treating us no, properly. No, it, it's Loki who was, who was trying to be subjugated. Okay, yeah, that's right. Beale is Frank Gorshin. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, true. Truly, at the end, it doesn't matter because. Oh, so Beale is like he hijacks the Enterprise and puts it on a straight course for their planet. And Kirk is like, "Hey, don't do that, because uh, mm -hmm. we gotta. This other planet is dying, and you are willing to let this other planet die based on a little a little tiff." And Kirk. Uh, threatens to blow up the Enterprise and even like commences the destruct sequence. And this oh, is the episode which, that's yes. Everyone on the bridge is like, um, are you um, really? No, I love have a say about this. The way it's shot for the you know for the time, mm -hmm. uh, the way it's shot is beautifully shot. That whole sequence of self destruct because it's close ups on their eyes, close ups mm -hmm. on their mouths. You know, Frank Gorshin's sweaty forehead. I think that they're calling, I think he's calling my bluff. Mm -hmm. And But this, out of all of them. This is a Judd Taylor episode as well. Out of all of them, Shatner ain't sweating. Shatner is not sweating. <laughs> My husband was in the room when I was watching this episode, and he said, uh, whoa, Kirk's got them big balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't play poker or fizzbin with him. Uh, but that was just such a great sequence. And then mm -hmm. they finally, they sit down and they all talk. And it's, again, speaking of Batman characters we had batgirl in the previous episode we have the riddler in this episode frank gorshin oh, for real yes frank gorshin's the riddler in the oh. oh he's probably the best riddler i think uh but uh and, and they're sitting there having this serious discussion and frank gorshin's being charming and affable and, and smart and and he's talking about well the problems with people like People like uh, Loki, he's uh, terrible, and and you know they're just his people are awful, and he's going on it. And Kirk and Spock are genuinely serious. Like, why are they so bad? I don't understand. What's the deal? And you know, and then the epiphany comes. He says, "Well, Loki's people are black on this side, on the wrong mm -hmm. side." And now you have to, you have to remember, six-year-old Carrie, six, seven-year-old Carrie, growing up in a small town, you know farmland as far as the eye can see and i didn't notice that they were different colors on different sides they were just black and white to me mm -hmm. so i was in the same position that kirk and spock were which was what a racism <laughs> what that's the difference and it wasn't until a couple of years later of seeing that up because I was blown away by this, but then it wasn't until a couple of years later that I was watching probably a Norman Lear show that it hit me. <laughs> Star Trek was trying to teach me about that racism is bad and it's stupid. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, there you go. There it is. 
if you're looking I know for, it's it's heavy-handed, but it you know, I mean, again it has to be like, right. This kind of story has to be heavy-handed. If you're yeah. looking for a modern-day example, um, the Rick and Morty episode with the hive mind and the planet that the hive mind I can't even remember her name that has taken over. They were in the middle of a race war because their nipples were different yeah and that's it <laughs> oh it's it's it, it totally borrowed from this star trek episode totally totally yeah um and the the way so you know kirk is like i'm sorry i have to i have to like take you to the federation like this is insane mm -hmm. i have to take yeah. you both to the federation and then we can go from there and the federation is like just take them back there's nothing we can do <laughs> just take them back and so they go back so they deliver the thing that they were initially supposed to do and then they yeah. start to take them back to their planet and everybody on that planet is dead one big race war killed everybody mm -hmm. except and for these two except for these two because they have been in space fighting like chewing a cat and mouse chase for fifty thousand years and they they get back to the planet and they they just cannot stop fighting each other and kirk mm -hmm. is like kirk is even like oh my god stop and they run off around the ship and they transport themselves back down to the planet and kirk kirk and spock are just like uh, it's in their hand no, yeah nothing we can do it yeah is up i mean to them. they're a race that's too stupid for the federation we don't want them i mean honestly <laughs> yeah yeah the you have this toy and it's a full body this is a this is amigo uh eight inch uh retro cloth figure and it's the uh sh it says sharon is the name of the alien and it's black and white but it's, Sh but it's which is crazy because sharon is the name of the planet <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is that uh, the thing that i hated about this action figure when i was a kid is like no it should be a gray outfit not a black yeah, and white it should be outfit. gray spandex where you can yeah. definitely see the bulges riddler <laughs> <laughs> i want you to see you need to see frank gorshin as the riddler now man okay <laughs> okay okay oh he's so good um the original story concept did not depict the aliens with bicolored skin one was a devil with a tail and the other oh. was an angel episode director judd taylor came up with the idea of bicolored skin shortly after the episode began filming his original suggestion was that they be half black half white one color from the waist up and the other from the waist down but each wearing reverse color schemes the essential idea stuck but the colors were finally separated along the vertical axis rather than the horizontal Mm -hmm. That would have been insane to do yeah, too <laughs> the much. other way. I the the subtlety of just the you know the faces that was plenty. Mm -hmm. That was all I needed as a little kid to go. Ah, man, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Racism. What a metaphor. <laughs> but that was the great thing about this show. Again, mm -hmm. is that they were able to do a lecture on racism at a time when a lecture on racism would have gone over about as well as it would now. Uh, <clears throat> now, now it would have just been called woke. Yeah, this again, conservatives who say that they're tired of their woke Star Trek, I point them to episodes like this and I go, mm -hmm. dude, always been woke. The whole deal. <laughs> the whole deal is whatever start All calling right. start asking people to define what they mean when they say woke um 
that's it yeah. for this episode. Next week is the is the episode that everyone's been ex- so excited about, the hippie one. So next week <laughs> we'll be talking about hippies, space hippies. <laughs> Goodness gracious, oh, it's but so in- wonderfully bad. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, we will keep going where no man has gone before. But a lot of men have gone before. Uh, thanks, everybody. <laughs>